This is a CBC Podcast. Flight 2018 from Pyeongchang, now boarding. It might be a mystery to some why a rock'em sock'em sport like ski cross tends to favor veteran athletes. With all the chaos, jumps, and carnage, you'd think teenagers would own the podium. But tell that to Kelsey Sirwa. X Games gold, silver at Sochi Games, and after 10 years in the game, she's obviously got it figured out. My name is Kelly Vanderbeek, co-host of Olympic Overnight, host of PYC Podcast, and before this, downhill was my sport. Kelsey and I grabbed coffees and sat down, skier to skier, to talk it through. First of all, Kelsey, thank you for being here. Thanks, Kelly. I'm super excited to get to sit down and ask you whatever I want. It feels like a <laughs> lot of power. But firstly, I would love for you to describe the Kelsey Serwa in today's incarnation. Okay. Um, I definitely have a broader outlook. I think not just on racing, but my life in general. Um, coming into this season, I just wanted to make it a great experience. Uh, to do everything that I could. I mean, there's no guarantees in sport, and especially when you come back from a few injuries. Um, So, yeah, I think I just wanted to enjoy the big moments, enjoy all the little moments in between, but it's given me a whole new appreciation for, uh, you know, where we are, where we go, and what we do. Where did that shift come from? Was it an injury? Is it just life experience? Are you just that mature now? (laughs) I mean, it's like, for sure, I guess some of the injuries, I think it's taking a step back from sport and experiencing life in a whole different way. I mean, I went back to school and, you know, when you're at school and all your friends are racing and skiing in the Alps and stuff, it's like, man, yeah, it's really cool what we do and I want to do everything I can to get back out there. So, you know, you don't need to take it too seriously. I think enjoying yourself is one of the most important things because if you go down the hill as a happy person and really loving what you're doing, then I think that translates into the way you ski, you know, you're relaxed, you're letting go, um, and that's when you can feel things and, and have fun and land on that podium. Do you think it also makes you a winner through the process regardless? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even... So now, this is definitely different than my earlier years, but despite results, I'm still enjoying what I'm doing at the end of the day. It's so cool to experience flying through the air and kind of scaring yourself, but surviving and being able to do it in like some sort of controlled fashion. I, it's funny you're talking about flying through the air and smiling. There are moments where I'm naturally not a risk taker who became an Olympic downhiller. And there were moments where life would get intense and the moment would get intense. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, this can be fun. And I would remind myself just to smile. The act of almost forcing myself to smile. And as soon as I did it, my whole body would go, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's like taking that little moment, right? Like literally in the start gate before you go down, you're like, yep, this is pretty rad. And I'm going to just do my best and got a whole country and support crew behind us to make this happen. And it's unreal. Speaking of support crew, you're from Big White and your grandfather, Cliff Sirwa, was a co-founder. I was recently in Kelowna and you felt like a godly presence as I was moving through the village, seeing posters in the hotels, the kids were carrying banners. Like it was... It was awe-inspiring. How does that support manifest in your skiing? 
Um, yeah, that's definitely a huge part of it to come from a quaint, very supportive community that has literally backed my journey uh, from the time I was probably on skis for the first time. I mean, it's so cool, Kelly, and you were there too with the Olympic send-off too. And so really cool for my home mountain to host all the Canadian Olympians that are heading off to South Korea coming up here and, um, you know, just to welcome everybody in with open arms. It's a great community. The vibe of um, that sort of send it vibe, really. I could feel it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. And there's a number of us from Big White, too. We got uh, three guys on our Canada Ski Cross team, Ian Deans and Ned Ireland, that all uh, find our roots in those hills. So, Wow. Yeah, must be something in the water. Got to be something <laughs> in the water. Ski Cross, uh, you would think it would be kind of like slope style or big air, where it's really sort of a young person's game. Names like Chloe Kim or Kelly Sildaru, I mean, these are mid-teenagers who are winning X Games gold. And yet Ski Cross is more of a veteran's game. It's more people who have transitioned into the sport. I, I have my opinions on it. I would love to hear what, like why that is from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, there's advantages both coming in green and fresh because you have that mentality of sending it 100% every single run, no matter what. That was definitely my first year racing. Um, mind you, I'd crash every race <laughs> nearly, but <laughs> fortunately it would kind of happen in the semifinal. So with Ski Cross, we go around again uh, and have a chance to redeem ourselves with the small final or if you get into the big final, of course. But um, yeah, so I think with age comes experience and tactics come more into play as a strength, I feel. Um, and... I don't know, just the way I think it's, you can figure out a track faster, you see how things are going to run, you see your options better, Um, but also when it comes to racing, having that eye for, okay, I'm pulling in a draft here and here's my opportunity to pass, or I'm going to be smart, kind of hang back a little bit, ski clean so I'm within striking range, but make a pass further down the course where it's more guaranteed. Do you think... There's also just the aspect of the skiing as a whole from the background. I mean, so many ex-ski racers have moved into ski cross and just the ability to ski. Yeah, I mean, it's having a strong alpine background is mandatory 100%. Um, our GS probably almost improves like the year after we retire I've from alpine. I've heard that from a lot of... And start ski yeah. cross, but it starts to transition soon after like it's a a bit of a different style of skiing for sure and just because you're a fast alpine skier doesn't guarantee there's no connection well i mean there for sure is there for sure is it's the all the same fundamentals right it's like outside ski okay like let's pinch and whatever let's get separation and um but it's also that like childhood spirit of let's just rip down this mountain as fast as we can and hit all the rollers and jumps and following each other um, as much as possible. So it's like, it's that balance. You have to let go of the technical alpine skiing side a little bit in order to make room for um, moving in rollers and jumps and stuff like that. You've, like many athletes at this phase of their career, faced several injuries, a couple ACLs, cartilage issues. And I love that you're now doing a thing called Wacky Workout Wednesday on your social <laughs> media. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out with uh, Britt Phelan. You guys are hilarious. But 
it's also indicative of the athleticism that you guys bring to your sport. I mean, it, it's so funny because we honestly just started doing it because we're usually like goofing around in the gym and for sure people are like rolling their eyes at us and we have to be careful not to overstep our boundaries but I think it was just us expressing ourselves we love experimenting with different things and challenging ourselves in different ways and Brit's essentially the balance master so uh, I kind of went under her wing and she taught me all these cool things and then kind of brought combined our creativity and you know experimented to see what we could come up with and not gonna lie sometimes I was dreading Wednesdays because <laughs> it's like oh god what are we gonna do um and I think people in the gym did too, for sure, up in Whistler. But, um, you know, we were, like, religiously doing it uh, every week all summer. And um, that that was just really fun. But, yeah, we've been talking about getting it going again. Uh, kind of just shoot out a random one this winter sometime. But mm -hmm. we'll keep, keep my eye out Yeah, for keep it. it out. Keep it out, yeah. All we right. got some ideas building, so... Yeah, got to put them down someday. Yeah, okay. I'm excited to see them. Cool. I will keep watching. Part of working out at this phase in your life, too, and that maturity as an athlete is also the extended rest, the time to actually recover. Yeah. We always say work work smarter, not harder. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> How are you working smarter? Um, <laughs> I think it, it just comes down to listening to what I need and not getting caught up with what other people are doing. Uh, just, yeah. I can, I've been doing this long enough that I can recognize, okay, like maybe stay away from this or this needs work. You know, if I want to go for a bike ride, go for a bike ride. It's at this phase, it's like making your body mobile, stretching lots. God, I wish I knew about stretching when I was like 20. So, okay, I'm going to be specific here. Static stretching or active stretching? I mean, all of it. Yeah. yeah I, more for like, me, it's the active movement. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Um, me, it's almost like static stretching to really get in there and but yeah definitely a lot of dynamic stretching in the morning mm -hmm. but warm-up yeah, takes a lot longer <laughs> than it used to <laughs> okay so I'm retired I'm mommy fit now is what I call myself but my entire workout now was my warm-up as an athlete yeah man. if if that <laughs> if that and it's hard to describe to people it's like no truly if that it was and that just takes that long to get your body and your joints and everything moving and like lubricated for lack of a better word <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know it's crazy, yeah. but um, you've been very creative with how you have combined your social media, but also connecting with sponsors and things like that. How is it going? I mean, I I'm curious too. Are are you making a living? Are you enjoying this life? And I know your boyfriend as well is also a pro skier. So what is that like from a financial side for people who might not understand the game? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been very fortunate to have. A number of sponsors who have stuck with me um, through high times through low times and that's a big deal people don't know that's how many sponsors leave athletes huge. when they get injured totally and um, it, it's interesting I've had both I've had you know those really long term we were really invested in you not only as an athlete but as a person um, and then we've also had the corporate ones that kind of come on three months before the Olympics and then the Olympics finish and they're like see you later <laughs> Thanks for the photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, to, no, but um, I mean, at the end of the day, I really appreciate being able to connect with the people that help me. Um, again, coming from Kelowna, a bit of a smaller town, there's a, an amazing opportunity for me to connect with those companies on mm -hmm. a lot more personal level. And it's not just 
you know, uh, conversing through a third party of, um, and never actually meeting these people. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. And, and the partnership with Barefoot Venus, um, again, I like, I love their product and I, I wouldn't be promoting it if I didn't believe in something like that. But again, another really fun, cute, quirky little way to, you know, support my Olympic journey and raise funds. I mean, it, as a Canadian athlete, there's not a lot of people getting rich, but I think, you know, we don't do it for the money. We do it for the lifestyle. And But you're making a living. We're, I like to say that we're making a life. Yeah, like it's so much more. It. Yeah, it's so much more than, you know, just paying bills. Mm-hmm. Um, what, we, what we get from our supporters uh, is equal in comparison to, I feel, what we can give back to, you know, the next generation mm-hmm. and kids and, you know, just anybody who wants to listen to our stories and what we've gone through. Because I think no matter who you are, you can always connect with somebody with their story, right? So, yeah, yeah it's just an opportunity, I guess, for us to also help others. Yeah. On the Barefoot Venus, you said it's quirky, quirky and cute company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love the cover, how you're, you're naked. If people haven't seen it, like you're naked behind the pillow. And I loved that. I saw that. And I, I, I'm just going to put it out there. I am a huge supporter of women who are proud of their bodies, who show their bodies, who um, are strong in how they present themselves. And I love that. How do you perceive just femininity within being an athlete? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally going to ruin your perception of this because I was actually wearing like a, a sports bra that I just <sighs> took the straps off <laughs> and like shorts. So well, I, I assumed mean, you so were funny. naked, naked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually wearing more than what I'd wear like to go to the beach, which is hilarious because obviously there's people always have opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and people are very brave on social media and they'll voice their opinions and kind of don't really consider how that comes across on the other side or who's actually listening. But that's a human being reading it for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I love the project. It aligned with their company. Um, the imaging that they already use it's like a lot of pinup style, Mm -hmm. like fifties. Actually what came to mind was when we were shooting the cover for it is the old Lang posters yeah and I'm like those are so cute and like retro I'm like let's recreate something along those lines so um yeah I mean the ski boots obviously tie into hey I'm a skier and um the pillow just like Canadian maple leaf we're a Canadian company like (laughs) so there's obviously some negative feedback from what you said about social oh I mean it was like 98% awesome Mm -hmm. and um the few people, it was hilarious actually, the few people that really harshed on it, they just got attacked by everybody. Like, everybody <laughs> just attacked them. I'm like, oh my God, I love, like, these people. <laughs> like, totally awesome. sticking up for me um, in every way. And it was, yeah, it's cute. Um, Kaylee Humphreys is an example of somebody who has no qualms about sharing on social, like, mm-hmm. lots of very risque images. And it's part of her image for herself. But I. I'm often questioning people who are in the world and are the cr- critics because yeah. it can go both ways, right? People will see things differently. My sort of rule of thumb is what would my grandma think? Right. Well, I'm curious, what did your grandma part. think? So, <laughs> <laughs> my grandparents are so cool and they're on Facebook. And um, yeah, my grandpa 
comedy. He's like, how do I get some of this for myself? So I think I'm like grandparent approved here. So <laughs> if they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. I love it. And obviously different grandparents than some people. But uh, this is just a time of a lot of drama. I would say with, um, you know, the Me Too and the, of course. you know, Time's Up kind of movement and alpine skiing and just the Olympians in general. We've been quite quiet. Do you have any thoughts on the topic? It's kind of tough because obviously it impacts a number of people and everyone has a different experience. I think uh, it's obviously an individual choice how much a person wants to speak up about it. But it's cool to see the amount of support and also um, I guess one person speaks up that encourages another to speak up and then we realize how big of an issue something like this really is. Um, in my personal experience, I mean, as a female athlete, I've been quite fortunate in that I can honestly say that I've never been in a situation where I've felt vulnerable or threatened um, in any way in that uh, sense of the manner. So I'm very fortunate, but I think it's it, sad to say that it could also be a rare occurrence. You've also done a lot of good work and you've spoken up on other things. I mean, you're inspired by Christy Richards and uh, some of the work she did in supporting other athletes. And you started CASER, should I say call it, or K-S-E-R? Yeah, you got it, CASER, CASER. Yeah. CASER Scholarship Fund. You don't want to case the jump, but you can case the scholarship <laughs> fund. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that nickname came into play so well for Ski Cross. <laughs> I love it. Like, yeah. I thought it was on purpose. And it, I mean, obviously it kind of was. <laughs> how does that come to be, that giving back? The best way that we learn is through modeling and... I've been fortunate in that I've had great mentors growing up. Um, you mentioned Christy. Um, my parents have always been huge advocates in giving back and supporting our community. Um, and so after the 2014 Olympics, I realized that I now had a solid platform that I could do something myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it was cool, really cool signing up with the Central Okanagan Foundation. So that's what the Kaser Scholarship Fund is housed under. Mm -hmm. um, but my grandfather, Cliff Serwa, also played a huge role in setting up that foundation. Um, so it's cool just to be like seeing how deep our family roots go and being able to contribute into that too. And of course, give back to, you know, the aspiring athletes coming out of Kelowna who also might be representing our country at the Olympics one day. Yeah. You talked about getting the platform and how, you know, getting an Olympic silver medal is part of getting that platform to have that voice. And when we were in Sochi, I'll forever remember this experience because we're in the IBC, the International Broadcast Center, and you and your teammate, Mariel Thompson, you're one of the many freestyle double podiums, gold and silver, you were in silver. And I ran around the corner and caught up to you and you're like Kelly we're literally we're two 12 year old school girls jumping oh, up and down hugging yeah. and high-fiving each other <laughs> and then I remember Mariel she was sitting in the chair getting her makeup done about to go on tv and she's just like um I'm hungry can I get some pizza like so chill you can be totally different people and still be great at what you do. Yeah, totally. And that's so cool, like the diversity in it. Like Mary Ellen and I are very different people and there's no denying that. Like embracing who you are and not trying to hold any bit of your part back. Make yourself happy. Don't worry about making the world happy and, you know, things will work in your favor that way. I'm curious often with athletes who have gone through injury because I think it matures you quite a bit. Yeah, um, it has to. It has to. Yeah. 
Actually, I was talking with Mark Hurd, and he believes that athletes who have gone through surgery and, and reparative surgery, putting back a joint into one piece again, he was of the opinion that he thinks they're better athletes afterwards, and not because they're necessarily um, more whole or stronger or anything like that. If anything, it's the opposite, but they know when to send it and when not to. They know yeah. when to put on the gas. Did that happen to you? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I definitely more calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the gas is always on, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless it really needs to be off. <laughs> so I recognize when it's like, okay, this is a very bad idea. Like, don't execute this. <laughs> <laughs> Only premium fuel for uh, yeah, for yeah, deck. totally. Um, but no, it was uh, Mark has been incredible. He's been my surgeon for. A number of years but also has gone back as a family friend um, before I required his services but yeah it goes back to what you're saying after an injury you know maybe we are better athletes but because we're forced to be better athletes mm-hmm. yeah I know Manny Osborne parody an alpine athlete he's at Kitzbühel and all these crazy races Hanenkamm and the Bengen and he used to always say he's, he was never a good trainer and he used to always say, well, why would I risk anything in training? I'm, <laughs> if I'm going to die, I'd rather do it in front of millions of people and get oh. paid for it. And th- there was some logic to that yeah. thinking, though, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense because I worked out yesterday and I am so sore today. I'm like, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, I'm like, guys, maybe we just need to stop working out. That is not the answer, but <laughs> somewhere in the middle. There's yeah. got to be a happy medium. <laughs> happy medium. An yeah. unsore medium, but. Um, no, yeah, it's my whole motivation for training is injury prevention and knowing that, you know, if I land deep off this massive jump that I'm, I have the strength to land it, like to stay on my feet and not totally collapse under it. And, Mm -hmm. um, also when you're racing against three other people head to head, who knows what they're going to do. So they run into you in the air just to have the spatial awareness the balance proprioception all that to be able to write yourself when things are going wrong essentially that's like that's all the motivation i need to spend my time in the gym what's your definition of health my definition of health um is only like a one hour warm-up in the morning rather than a four <laughs> no, <I'm just> fun. <laughs> this sport obviously isn't the easiest on our bodies so i definitely expect to not feel super healthy at the end of my career in terms of you know where my body's at but there's so much yoga is like the number one medicine for my body I feel yoga and physio we'll all be in the yoga lounge and physio before or after or both yeah and we'll just reminisce about remember the day when we used to send it That's what GoPros are for, the GoPro footage. Like, yeah. see, proof. <laughs> I did that. I was gnarly at one time, and now I'm just going to say namaste. <laughs> <laughs> namaste right here. You go hit that jump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your relationship with the Olympics? You know, each game has been so different for me, and I expect South Korea, Pyeongchang, to, you know, be as unique in its own way as Sochi and Vancouver were. Um, but I think it's... Uh, you know, it's a cool opportunity to show the world what we do. Um, typically, our sport doesn't get many live spectators, so it's cool to have a huge grandstand full of people cheering you down the course. So I think I just kind of, you know, bask in those moments and love spectating all the other sports and cheering for all the other Canadians out there competing. So, um, yeah, 
I love the Olympics. There's nothing better too, I find, than being in Canada House and you realize you're sitting beside the cousin of one of those athletes competing and you're like, whoa, and like I couldn't get tickets, but I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and the games are special. everyone's welcome at Canada House. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to bring this up now just because it came, popped into my head, but X Games gold when you won and crashed across the finish line. I will never forget the image of you coming up with a bloodied face oh, yeah. and just being like, I won, I win, I won. And it was just, God, take it, me it, through that moment for a split second. Um, yeah, it was, was it your uh, first X Games gold or was it? That was my first yeah, X Games gold. Okay. Yep. And my parents were there, which was probably better than if they were not there and watch that on TV because it's yeah. like, Race finished, uh, commercial break. So, um, anyways, yeah, they witnessed me crash. I essentially did like a bum drop from like a 150 foot jump um, and did all sorts of damage. But I winded myself. And I remember people running over and being like, Are you okay? Are you okay? And like, as soon as I caught my breath, I was just like, uh, Like, did I win? <laughs> like, yeah, you won. I'm like, I'm good then. <laughs> Like everything else will heal. Like you had a couple of compression fractures though, didn't you? In your yeah, spine? Oh yeah. I oh, um, yeah. it was actually I couldn't sit for like months. It was so uncomfortable. I had like my neck pillow that I was sitting on as like a donut on the plane. And um, yeah. So a couple compression fractures in my T spine. I had like rotated my coccyx. Um, I don't know if I broke my nose. My nose is all sorts of fun and dynamic position it's like <laughs> bumpy cricket so i mean maybe it added a little more character to it but scraped up my face um ophelie was in second she also crashed behind me it, so yeah. we were just like a total mess through the finish line but mm. so worth it never regret <laughs> a minute of it <laughs> well sitting before the x games gold medalist among many other accolades including olympic silver thank you kelsey sirwa thank you kelly Kelsey Sirwa and I recorded our conversation at the Delta Lodge just outside of the Nakiska Ski Resort. If you have a mind to send an email, we read them all. PYCpodcast at cbc.ca. Fans of hashtagery, well, you can use hashtag cbcpycpodcast. Andrea Morales does our editing. Ken Wolf is the executive, and David Giddens is the producer. My name is Kelly Vanderbeek. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.